everybody, and welcome back to Screen Streets. I am here with my friend Cameron. My name is Joel. We are here again to discuss movies from the past, present, and future. And uh, our email address, should you wish to contact us, is screenstreets at gmail.com. And uh, you can email us with any questions, comments, concerns, requests. And uh, speaking of which, we do have an email. Cameron, if you would like to take that. Oh, okay. Let me get on that here. Keep doing that right away. All right. Yeah, I'd like to apologize to getting this email a little late. Uh, yeah, that's it's our bad. It just uh, showed up a little. It didn't show up late. That's a lie. I just didn't see it until later. Anyway. This was from Zach X from a couple weeks ago. He says, Zach X, glad Escape at Danamora made it on the show. Wish you guys could have discussed it at further length. That said, I have another recommendation I think you should both be able to find on Netflix. It's called Monos. It was shot a couple houses away from where I live in the Antiqua way. That's not right region of Colombia, and it's a gorgeous film that shows they can make movies down here and that's the end of that monos like it's not on netflix but it is on hulu i looked it up it is available on hulu so we will we will get on that we will have that review for you next week zach x all right Uh, how have you been cameron i've been pretty good i've been uh you know working living i've been uh anticipating this call i enjoy these talks brother absolutely we have a new president that's interesting yeah president joe biden he's an old man but so was the last guy aren't they all aren't they all yeah. they're all old men i'm, I'm happy you know? to, i'm happy to get a change of the guard a little change of scenery around this country hopefully things settle down a little bit let's hope stop so. being <laughs> let's hope so, so crazy I yeah, certainly do. I live uh, two blocks away from the capital of California in Sacramento, and it's it gets pretty hairy around here sometimes. So I'm hoping I'm hoping for a little relaxed scenery as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't live near any capitals. I bet that's uh, frustrating and annoying. And it's gotten pretty violent over the last like six months or so, like more so than I've seen since I lived here. So yeah. I'm, I'm down for that to end. But anyway, we're not a political podcast. I just wanted to say congratulations, Joe Biden. Yeah. Hey, hope you do good, Joe. And uh, with that, I'm going to jump right into a uh, word on the street. Right on. And uh word on the street is that Liam Neeson has been approached by Seth MacFarlane to reboot the Naked Gun franchise. Yeah, I am not excited about that idea. Tell me why. I Leslie Nielsen is irreplaceable in my mind. Like he is mm. Frank Drebin. I don't want to see a new Frank Drebin. I, I like. Did Seth MacFarlane go? Eh, Leslie Nielsen, Liam Neeson, same like couple syllables off, same guy. It's fine. It's similar sounding. Leslie Neeson, Liam Nielsen. It's all good. 
So I'm just yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want it. I, I don't like. I've seen Seth MacFarlane work with Liam Neeson in comedy, and it wasn't great. You're talking about how uh, to a die. Ways to die in the West. Yeah, yeah, a million ways to die in the West. That, that yeah. wasn't a great film. So I don't know. Like I, I appreciate the love for the Naked Gun and wanting to see more stuff like that. Come up with more stuff like that. Don't reboot the thing that I already love. You know. Hmm. Come up with a new spoof franchise with a new detective. I suppose. I have, I don't know. I have personal faith that, because the thing with Liam Neeson, I mean, not, I mean, the thing with Leslie Nielsen was he wasn't a particularly like comedic actor. He was always like this straight, he would just play this straight thing. Yes. And that's but what made it funny. He had an impeccable sense of comedic timing, though. I think Liam Neeson can be funny. Have you seen his, uh, his stint, his little thing from Life is Too Short, or ah, what was that Ricky Gervais show? I, I really, I know what you're talking about. I can't like recall it. Right, like either extras or Life's Too Short. It's Life's Too Short because it has Warwick Davis, and it was yeah. hilarious. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, actually. Liam Neeson just comes. <laughs> Liam Neeson just comes into Ricky Gervais's office and is like, "I would like to do comedy." stand-up comedy crazy characters <laughs> and just the way he plays it. it's 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 really funny i would recommend everybody go watch that life's too short liam neeson and you get a good laugh so i don't know if they do I it mean, right if it happens i'll give it a shot i'm just saying like i i have a lot of love for the naked gun franchise and i don't like i don't think it needs to be rebooted i think we leave the memories alone but I'm all for him trying out his own comedic thing. I don't know. I understand I, I what you're saying. I'm just saying. I wasn't excited about it. I'm a little more open, I guess. I'm willing to give it a shot. I feel like, you know, maybe they wanted to do a cop spoof. And then if you do a cop spoof, inevitably you're going to be like, oh, like the naked gun. So why not just, why not just make it the dang thing official? And I think. Liam Neeson's a fine choice for me, so we'll see. Well, I mean, I, to be clear, like, he said he was approached about doing this. He didn't say, like, yeah, let's do it. Like, he, right. he said Seth MacFarlane approached him, and he said, like, he feels like he's kind of nearing the end of his his action run, which I would imagine he's, like, in his late 60s. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I need to, I a, need to find a new way to put food on, on the table. Yeah, and then a uh, word on the street is that I'm I'm putting this in the rumor category because like news has come out, but I it's weird and like I don't know how to process it necessarily. Is that uh, the writer John Fruscio of Young Guns One and Two has tweeted out that production has begun on Young Guns Three. With, huh. with Emilio Estevez. <laughs> and there's like a poster. He put a poster on there that like <laughs> it said like Young Guns 3, Billy the Kid, or alias Billy the Kid. And like it looked like in a Red Dead Redemption style almost, like kind of cartoonish. And like the, huh. the Young and Young Guns was kind of shot out with bullet holes, which I thought was cool because they're not young anymore. 
And I'm like, yeah. I, just, I don't know how they would do this. I'm a big fan of the first two movies, as I know you are. Yeah. And I don't know... Like, Billy the Kid died at 21. Like, I don't... I don't They're just guns now. And I don't, well, I don't understand how you bring these characters back. And he's tweeting out characters that are have died in the movies that get already and are coming back, supposedly. And he, yeah. he tweeted out to Chris Pratt and Vincent D'Onofrio as, like, being in the cast. And I'm just like, I need more concrete evidence on this. But it's interesting enough to bring up, for sure. Well... If you remember, the whole premise of Young Guns 2 is that he didn't die because he's like an old man retelling his tale that his death was a hoax or whatever. Right. So I maybe they're maybe they would cover the years in between then, even though I don't know how how interesting that would be. Like he's tweeting out like Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips has tweeted his own thing out saying he's on board, and I'm like, okay. It's been a little while since I was... Uh, Kiefer Sutherland definitely died in the second one. I remember that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Charlie Sheen died in the dead. first one. I don't know if they get him back. Like Sheen's Chris probably not coming back name. anyway. So, I don't know. More on that as it develops. I, just, I wanted to know your take on that. I know yeah, it's a, that's, a, that's a... That's a weird one. I'm like, that's a and movie I'm, no one asked for it to... To be honest, even as a fan of the second one, like it's completely unnecessary. I just I, I mostly like the, the song. <laughs> like if they get Cobra Kai is like rebooting the eighties kinda and like getting people revved up for eighties properties again. Yeah, but that's one in particular where it's like mm, it's it's really not it's really not necessary. Cobra Kai like if you said the premise of Cobra Kai to me would have been like, yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board. So I before I, Cobra Kai ever came out, though, I would have also said that's not necessary. Don't fuck with the Karate Kid. Like, I wouldn't have expected it to be as good as it is. So, like, you know. Like, I thought they would have come out with some, like, cheesy thing that I would have, like, loathed. But. You never know, man. Like, it's Bro. the creator of the Young Guns, like, doing it. So, like, I imagine he has love for the franchise. Yeah, hopefully they just get John Bon Jovi back to do the soundtrack, and I'll be fine with it. All right, and uh, word on the street, kind of keeping in the rumor mill, is that rumors are that Batman the Animated Series is going to be recontinued on HBO Max. Like they're, they're going to be bringing back some of the initial voice actors and kind of keeping the same animation style. And like, if that's the way they do it, like after seeing what they did with like Harley Quinn, like I'm very interested. Yeah. Harley Quinn was before it was on HBO Max, though, it was a DC Universe thing, which was kind of strange same thing with doom patrol but now like they're not hbo like is in bed with dc right yeah so yeah if they have those same creative minds and stuff i would 100 percent be on board do you know if those rumor mills are saying if it's uh mark hamill returning as joker i like well the rumor mill is kevin smith so wait wait kevin smith is like the showrunner or something no kevin smith Mallrats, Kevin Smith. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, would he be the showrunner? I don't, he's just saying that he's talked to a reliable source that said that production is talks are underway to resume production on this series. And I mean, he's okay. in the business, so like when he says he has a reliable source, I imagine probably. And like I know he's working with Mark Hamill on something that someone said like that might be his reliable source. So I don't know. Inter- interesting yeah. to say the least. Like that was a show that kind of defined my youth a little bit. Like I love Batman the animated series, and I'm very excited for the possibility of more. Batman the animated series was so good in my mind when I was young. Batman the animated series and the X Men cartoon; those were like the two superhero shows that were the the top of the tops and recently the x-men series like it made its return on a uh, disney plus and i was re-watching some of those and those don't hold up as well in my opinion it's still some cool stuff in there wolverine's still very right. cool like what what made wolverine hugely popular in the 90s was that show i think but um well, yeah, I was rewatching some of the Batman the Animated Series, and I was like, this still holds up. This Absolutely. show really Like, I was never even, like, that big of a fan of the X-Men one. Like, it just didn't do it for me. But Batman was like, like, when that came on one day, I was just like, what is this? Like, I've never seen a cartoon like this. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. And so. It is very cool. Like, yeah. Like, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, one of the the biggest things for me was Mark Hamill's Joker, though. And and recently he said he's done voicing the Joker. I think after he did uh, Batman the Killing Joke cartoon, which wasn't received so well. I haven't seen it. But yeah, he said he was done voicing the Joker, which I hope is not true. Because Mark Hamill is the Joker in my mind. Like, I think his voice. Yeah, I've I've read a lot of things that say, like, even a lot of people are like, Hamill is their Joker, even like over Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, all these other Jokers, like Mark Hamill is their guy. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I imagine he'd be one of the like first people they call. So we'll find out. Right after Kevin Conroy, which I imagine Kevin Conroy would be on board. What's that guy doing? (laughs) Yeah. Like Mark Hamill's got, he's got, he's got work coming. Yeah, Mark Hamill, he's a, he's a busy guy. He's he's got a post for Star Wars facial de-aging things to do. And then uh but yeah, I would love to see him return. A small word on the street. I don't have a lot of opinions about it, but Ethan Hawke will be will be coming into the MCU as the villain of the uh Disney Plus Moon Knight series, which I find interesting cuz like I remember a while ago in an interview, he w- he was saying how he's just like, there's, there's more to cinema than comic book movies. Like they're not everything there is. Like he was, he was just kind of, he'd had yeah. it with like the just overtaking of the box office by comic book films. And now he's like, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. He kind of became a, an indie guy recently, but, He's uh, it's that makes me super excited. Ethan Hawke rules. Yeah, been a I've been a fan of Ethan Hawke for a long time. I love the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset series. Really, I mean, since Reality Bites, 
Yeah, I love I those movies. Have, I've I seen all three. I thought you to be a fan of those. Well, the before sun, the before sunrise, the first one, it's a little meandering, but it's it's a yeah, fine kind of a film for a youth. Like the whole point of those movies, is but like then just getting to know this girl, it's kind of just meandering conversation. Yeah, but I I find the the second and third one a lot more interesting, at least for me. I really like Before Sunset and Before Midnight. Those are great movies. And I think Ethan Hawke's a great actor. So I think it brings a lot of prestige to a a comic book television show. Yeah. I forget who's playing Moon Knight. There was a, the actor playing Moon Knight. I have no fairly idea. Prestigious. Oh, 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 oh uh, yeah, that's Oscar Isaac opposite Ethan Hawke in a yeah, freaking comic book series. I'm into it. It's crazy. And it's not a movie. It's a TV series. It's crazy. And then word on the street, keeping in comic book news, is that the Zack Snyder Justice League cut is going to be four hours long. To which I only have one right. question. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> like, it's too I long. Have no fucking what? Like I watched the two-hour Justice League and thought it was trash, and now you're like, "Well, that's because you haven't seen my four-hour version." And I'm like, "Bruh, I don't know about all this. I don't know about this at all. Like, I don't want to watch well, it. I-, I will because." <laughs> Like, I'm a journalist. I'll watch that shit. But, like, I hated the first Justice League. I thought it was garbage. And, like, after the Wonder Woman movie that just came out, I like, my stock in DC movies is at an all-time low. And now the next one that comes out is the longest movie I'll ever watch in my life. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. Yeah, Zack Snyder, (laughs) it's, it's too much. It's, um... But he said the Justice League movie you saw, it's it's like he said ninety percent of what that what that movie is is not gonna be in the new movie. So it's gonna be almost entirely a new movie, I guess, which is something, but does it have to be four hours long? Of course no. Come on, man. Nothing does. <laughs> Ed- editing it all. Like like he edited it and it came to four hours, like go fuck yourself, Snyder. Did he really think the problem was people were saying these aren't long enough? Like <laughs> when we watch Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, it's like I this I needed more of that. Like, That's the, the problem. Movies are just bad, dude. I don't enjoy them. Like even if you're like fucking oh, they came out. There's a Avengers Endgame four hour cut. I'd be like, even then, I'd be like, Jesus Christ! But I'll watch it because Avengers is awesome. Yeah, but like I don't need yeah, a four-hour but... Avengers Endgame. I don't need to set apart a huge chunk of my life like that. Like honestly, when a movie's two hours long, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> when it hits the two-hour mark, I'm like, this is kind of long. After that, it starts getting a little obscene. Four hours is that's not a movie. That's so that's a. That's a it's kind of the trend. Mini series. It's kind of the trend now, dude. Like, like I was a movie critic for a couple of years, and it just felt like every week I would go and 
like these movies are getting longer, not shorter. Like I, I sat through a lot of like two and a half, three hour movies. And I'm just like, it's uh, enough. Yeah. It's enough. Like I'll, I, every time I'm done with a movie that long, I'm like, you could have cut these things out of it and it would have been fine. Generally, yeah, when a movie is that long, you usually feel like things could be cut. There are exceptions, but yeah, usually. That's coming in a couple of months, so that'll be fun. That'll be something we do, for sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe that we won't do two main events. We'll just have the main event. I guess. Ugh. Anyway, that does it for this week's Word on the Street. Yeah. And, uh, that brings us to For Your Consideration, in which Cameron and I each select a movie for the other that they have not seen that we enjoy. And Cameron, what did I select for you this week? All right. This week, you selected the 1997 uh, Steven Spielberg film Amistad. Yeah, there's a Steven Spielberg film hole in my... There was a Steven Spielberg hole in my watchography, if that's what you want to call it. It's just... It's the true story of the La Amistad, like a uprising where a, a slave ship carrying slaves, the slaves overtook their uh, their captors... And then they were caught and this was, and then they had a trial, whether they were actually slaves, like grown up as slaves, or if they were illegally captured in Africa. And yeah, this is about that in the trial and everything. And it has, a. This is uh, the Dij, is it Dijmu or Didimu Hansen? I think uh, Dijmu. Dimu. Dimu. Dijmon. I always thought like Dijmon Hansau. There's no N at the end though, so on this first name, Dimu. Either way, Dimu. we know like anyway, Hansen. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Hansen as Sinke, like the main uh, slave, the guy who kind of starts this mutiny. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is his lawyer. Uh, Anthony Hopkins plays John Quincy Adams. And there's those are the main players. There's a ton of other like very memorable or notable actors in this, like Morgan Freeman. There's a uh, Pete Postlewaite, one of my favorite like character actors. A young is plays the uh, yeah Chiotel Ejiofor who we'll talk about later, but yeah, he was in it as a Sinke's translator. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. It's not going to be bad. I'll say that right away. That was kind of my take is like, I don't love it, but I do like it. And I like, once you told me it was like a hole and you're like, it was a blind spot in your Spielberg watching. I was like, well, watch it then. Right. Like it just, I'll say it this. This easy is easy for me. It was an easy pick. There's, I had seen one scene in my life. I think a history teacher, when we had learned about the law Amistad and stuff, when in high school or something, showed me the scene of John Quincy Adams' speech at the end. Yeah. And, you know, the big speech that, that 
kind of swayed the uh, Supreme Court. Yeah, I thought so, Anthony Hopkins was great. Anthony Hopkins was fantastic. Everyone was fantastic. Everyone was good. Even, I mean, Matthew McConaughey was. <laughs> it's, it's weird seeing Matthew McConaughey as a that 1830s lawyer. I mean, he, but he was, was fine. Like he came on this like right after a Time to Kill, so it was just like he was like this lawyer that helped black people. Like that was his lot in life for a minute. <laughs> he was black people lawyer, man. Yeah, but. Yeah, and I knew the story and everything. That's that's the reason why I never watched it is just because I figured it would be kind of depressing, and it's kind of depressing, man. That's kind of a happy ending, though. Yeah, ish. Yeah, has has the happy ish ending. I agree, but yeah, it's it's there's great acting, like I said, across the board. Dejmu Hansen, Dejmu, however you want to say it. I, I need to look that up sometime. I thought he was very good. He was he was probably the was the intense. anchor of the film. He was very intense. He's intense. I thought, yeah, intense and soulful. He was kind of the anchor of the film. And like you said, John uh, John Quincy Adams, played by Anthony Hopkins, he was this guy who came in and just ultimately swayed the Supreme Court, and and he he was great. He's Anthony Hopkins, man. Even as Anthony Hopkins, I think it was one of his better performances that I've seen. I just thought he was awesome in it. Yeah, I think he was, I mean, he was obviously, he was fairly old when the movie came out, but he was playing even older than he was, and it's just kind of funny to, he had those old man mannerisms, like when people would talk, he'd just be like, huh, what? (laughs) That just made me laugh a little bit, because that's what old people do sometimes. Be like, hey, John, uh, so are you going to take some... Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, yeah. have a crazy lot to say about this movie. I just know, like, it was an important watch for me in my life. And, like, you said you hadn't seen it. And I was like, I know it's good. And, I like, I rewatched it again for the purposes of this. I, just, I don't have a lot to say about it. It was just a really good, like, historical drama that you said you hadn't <laughs> seen. And I'm like, you should probably watch it. Yeah, same here. I... <laughs> That's the problem is like, I don't have too much to say. It's like, it's a good movie. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the kind of white guilt movie where I'm like, man, I feel the white guilt. Like it succeeds in that. Yeah. Like in my notes, all I have are the actors. Cause other than that, I'm like, I, this is a story I knew and it's, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, I have like more to say about it's probably worth watching. Yeah. And, like, I have, like, m- more lengthy things to say about the other films we're going to talk about. I just, this one, I just wanted you to watch it. Like, I thought, like, I knew you're a history buff and, like, you hadn't seen it. It's a Spielberg movie. Like, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Um, Yeah, the thing, yeah, I think a lot of people, like, didn't like history growing up. I always thought it was because, you know, they, they need a movie like this. Because for me, when I read a history book, I can kind of construct these things in my mind, and which which is why I like history, because I can make these things kind of come alive. I think sure. that's the interesting thing about that kind of stuff. Some that's the difference between people who don't like history. If you never got it in a textbook, this is definitely a movie worth watching. Things like this. Yeah, what would you give it? I give it a seven point five. Like it was good. It wasn't something like you said. It's not like. 
it's not like amazing. It's not something I like. I'm gonna revisit. Like I love Glory. I probably love that a little more. For I think historical. that's why I also was like, you should watch this because I know how much you love Glory. Glory is one of my favorites, but yeah, it's yeah. I like the historical dramas, man. Yeah. All right, I give it. I give it a seven. Oh well, I go a little higher than you. It's just right there. I gotta, I gotta give it that respect, man. Steven Spielberg. You can't say the guy doesn't know what he's doing. It's Steven freaking Obviously. Spielberg. All right, and with that, yeah. Cameron, you had me watch 1979's Alien. Yes, I have never seen Alien yet. A little uh, backstory into my Alien history. Uh, I've seen Alien 3, Alien <laughs> Resurrection, uh, Prometheus, Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, and Alien <laughs> Covenant. But I've never seen Alien or Aliens. And I, I just never felt the need to go back because I've seen all those other ones and I was kind of underwhelmed. Like, I don't like kind of scary movies with creatures. I don't like space movies. And yeah. So I went and I, <clears throat> you're like, you need to watch Alien. And uh, yeah, and... a small aside, a, a small aside, because I found something out today that blew my goddamn mind. Uh, I was talking to my friend Lee on the phone earlier and... He was, like, he was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm doing research for the podcast tonight. I'm like coming up with news stories and whatnot. And he's like, oh, what can I look forward to? And I told him, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I watched Alien for the first time. He's like, oh, nice. He's like, you know, the scene where Harry Dean Stanton, spoiler alert, gets killed by the alien. Like, he's like, you know, that scene where he chases the cat and gets killed by the alien. I was like, yeah. He's like, I was on set that day. Oh, and I said, excuse me, <laughs> like my friend Lee was a manager, a stage manager for the, the band, the tubes back in the, the 70s and 80s. And they were filming a music video in the soundstage next door to where Alien was being filmed. And apparently a lot of the crew on the alien were fans of the tubes and fans of like the half naked dancers that the tubes had with them. And so they all kind of became friendly and kind of just went from stage to stage. And Lee told me that he was there when that scene was filmed. Like he was just off stage watching it happen. And I was like, that is fucking bananas, bro. I was like, you have lived yeah. a life, sir. And like, he's like, yeah, like he's like that big, they had like a huge like alien like everything was like built back in that day there was no green screen and i got to like climb all over this alien thing i was like high on drugs it was awesome <laughs> i'm just like that's incredible <laughs> he's like yeah i have like pictures of it i'll send them to you sometime if i can find them i was like absolutely i would love that so yeah that's a fun oh. little aside that i found out today as i was talking to him about the podcast Man, if you get those pictures, that'd be awesome for a Facebook group or something. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that is an awesome side. The movie. Yeah. I'm astounded at how much I like this movie. Wow. Wow. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought that Alien 
fucking ruled, bro. That's awesome. Like, bro, I was not expecting it. I like even talking like last week we talked about the midnight sky and I was just like, I don't really typically like movies that take place in space. Like it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. You and like, well, last week you were talking about how you hated creatures. You didn't like anything yeah. with creatures. Yeah. You didn't like space. And I was like, these are those two things, but to the best degree, but still those are those two things. <laughs> I, I went in with an open mind. Like I thought it was absolutely incredible. That's awesome. I, I've seen all the other alien movies and they're like just whack kind of. And like this was such like a fucking. I was so dialed in from like the first minute, dude. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, Sigourney Weaver was awesome. And like. Jules. So like anyone that hasn't fucking seen Alien or know the story, it's just it's about like this crew on this spacecraft that kind of like land on the moon and damage their vessel and they go onto this other spacecraft this like alien spacecraft and like when they come back to their vessel to try to like fix it Sigourney Weaver Ripley is like like you can't come back on like there's quarantine rules like you can't and they're like ah fuck you woman we're getting on and she's like but no like there's these protocols and they're like, ah, whatever. And, like, shortly after they're all together again, some weird shit starts going on. And, like, this dude has this fucking alien jump onto his fucking face. <clears throat> and, like, I screamed audibly in my room. I was like, ah! Like, I was so scared. Like, this freaking alien, like, jumped onto this dude's face. And they're like, oh, we gotta get the alien off his face. And they cut into this alien and like its blood like went like through the spaceship like acid. And it was just like, okay, we can't cut the alien. Like it's going to destroy our spaceship. And then like a couple scenes later, this dude, they're all sitting around eating dinner. And this dude's like, oh, oh, I got a stomach ache. Oh, brother. And then the, this alien bursts out of his fucking stomach and, like, scurries across the floor. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was so terrified, dude. I was fucking pulling my hair out. And, yeah. like, I was just on the edge of my seat for the whole movie. I was fucking scared. And then, like, the big alien shows up. And I'm like, fucking kill it. Like, I'm, like, right now I have goosebumps. Like, it fucking affected me so hard. And it was so amazing. And it was just, like, I, I keep saying it, but I'm, like, fucking, like, today's movies with their green screens just have their own place. But, like, we need more movies where they, like, build things out of materials. And, like, it just yeah. looks cool knowing that they're actually face to face with this thing. And like, there's a scene where this guy, Ash like attacks Ripley and like one of the crewmates, like hit him in the head with this pipe and his like head comes off, like just hanging off his fucking neck. And it's, it looks awful. Like it doesn't look good, but it's like so cool to see. 
And I'm just like, yeah, like they built that dude's decapitated head. And that's funny to me. And like Lee told me on the phone today, he's like, you remember that dude's decapitated head? We saw that thing built in plaster of Paris. Like it was cool. And I'm like, that's fuck. Like I, I watched like the, the pinnacle of like CGI movies today are like Marvel movies in my mind. And they yeah. look amazing, but I'm like, so does this. And this was like 40 fucking years ago. Like, how did they do that? How did they come up with this idea and conceptualize it and fucking bro? Yep. That shit yeah. killed me, man. Yeah, bro. It's uh, <laughs> rules. It's it's one of those things. It's one of those movies. I think people say, "Oh, that's that's one of those old movies, 1979. It can't be that good." No, dude, it it holds up. It holds up fantastically, and it's and it's genuinely scary. Like you said, you were scared, which is why I thought you wouldn't like it. I thought you didn't like being scared, especially I guess by I do creatures. When it's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a well-made movie. I mean, shoot, dude, the tension and everything, it's so great. You're scared for the cat. (laughs) At least I was for Ripley's cat. Luckily, the cat is fine, but the cat does get that one guy killed, the one decapitated head guy, right? So, Well, no, the cat got the, uh, the cat got, like, the janitor killed, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh yeah, he was the one chasing it, yeah. and then uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta forget the cat, man. <laughs> I I was confused. I'm like, why is there a cat on this fucking spaceship? Well, you, dude, you'd want a cat, you know. Ripley wanted a cat. It was Ripley's cat. I guess I just I I was fully. It was fucking incredible, dude. Like I am, and I've heard from a bunch of people like throughout my life that like aliens is better than alien i'm like i it can't be like i really doubt it like i don't think it can be because like i know that's a one i know aliens has like a kid involved and there's like multiple aliens i'm like i don't like i prefer this like i i haven't seen aliens but i can't imagine (laughs) liking it more than this you know if you're gonna ask me on the day i'd probably change my answer but they're I'll just say I won't I won't I don't want to ruin it for you, so I'll just say they're just they're just completely different. They're almost incomparable. Okay. So anyway, yeah, it's I loved uh I think it's Ian Holm is the uh is the Android guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he gets friggin' torn apart and stuff, that part is always really gross to me with the milk coming out everywhere. Yeah. It just it looked yeah. corny, but it looked corny in the best fucking way. I was like, I want more things that look corny and weird. Like, yeah, show me I more agree. Of, like build people's heads out of plastic and make milk come out of it like blood. Like it looks fucking weird. I'm into it. I don't know, dude. I I can't explain it. Like like you said, like I don't like scary. I don't like feeling scared. I don't like space. I don't like creatures. <laughs> Everything came together in this movie for like a perfect storm of like they all canceled each other out and it was fucking incredible. It's probably just uh, why it's it, how it's, you know, so well made because it's such a like perfectly paced movie. 
it's yeah. it's yeah it just works very well i think i had asked you i had expected you to have seen it to be honest and then you but then i was like you know i knew you hadn't seen jaws so i thought maybe you haven't seen jaws in space and it's obscene that you've seen <laughs> that you've seen alien 3 through alien this predator and worked. all this like Alien Three came out like when I was in junior high, and me and my friends were going to finally start seeing R-rated movies and shit. It just kind of worked out that way. My friends were like, "Let's go see Alien 3. and then three years later, "Let's go see Alien Resurrection." I'm just like, "Whatever." Like, all right. Like, I just I started with Alien Three. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't really care for Alien Three. Two, both the first two came out when I was just I was way too young to be watching that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like Alien Three came I out when I was like thirteen. I understand. I'm just, I'm just very happy that you're finally introduced to good Alien. You want, you want to hear <laughs> happy? You want to hear happy? Yeah, tell give, me happy, brother. I give, I give Alien a ten. Whoa, are you for real? It was fucking beautiful, dude. It was incredible. Damn, dude, a 10? It was absolutely incredible. Like, I have no gripes. <laughs> no loved, notes. I loved every second of it. Joel Schneider, Alien, no notes. That's nope. crazy. That's... You know, you kept texting me this week like, I can't fucking wait to talk to you about Alien, man. And I was <laughs> expecting you to say, fuck you for making me watch this. <laughs> like, I was scared. Quite the contrary. That's what I was. I was like, I was expecting a you piece of shit. I was terrified, and I was gonna be like, ha ha, I am a mean guy. But I am. Thank you. Very pleased. Actually, thank you. It. Of course, brother. Of course. Give alien. That's awesome. I'd probably give. I'd probably give it like a All nine. Right. Like I love it. It's close to perfect. I'll say that. Like I said, my. My scale is I don't give anything a ten except back to the That's future. That's fine. Right like I have a very That's like my, my, scale. my scale is very fluid. And this one gets a ten. Yeah, just like your gender. Yeah, ten. I get it. I get you. All right. And with that, we move on to binge or cringe. And this week we yes. have the new MCU Disney Plus series WandaVision. Which stars Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen as their characters from the Marvel Universe. Uh, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, and Vision. And it's very interesting. It's very, like, unlike anything you've seen in the MCU before. They, They took a bold leap and put two of their characters into, like, an idealized... 1950s era sitcom and like they yeah. are just they're, they're Wanda and Vision in a 1950s sitcom with wacky neighbors and wacky like plots and hijinks they have to deal with and like the first two episodes like didn't kind of give you enough to like know where it's going but I'm very much in like I really really liked it and like, yeah, like I, I don't yeah. know what else to say about the the plot other than it's basically Wanda and Vision in a 1950s sitcom. But I loved it. Like I, I exactly. grew up on Nick at Night and I like 
I remember when I was like seven, eight years old, Nick at Night came out and my dad would let me like stay up till like nine and I'd watch like Bewitched and the Donna Reed show and Leave it to Beaver and Dennis the Menace. And like this just brought me back to that. It's like a real love letter to those sitcoms. And like, I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. It was it was very much that a love letter to those those old sitcoms, you know, down to like a like a laugh track that plays over everything and like fake commercials for products like toaster yeah. ovens and stuff. That's just it's it's all very funny. And like you said, the first two episodes they don't give you a whole lot other than that, except the occasional like there'll be one yeah, or two things like that'll. Crumbs little hints that something something weird is going on and uh i've read a thing that said the third episode actually you know you start to see a lot more of what goes on so we'll see that it'll be just a marvel show uh, that's a 50s sitcom the whole time yeah obviously it's just it was some super villains and superpowers unleashed yeah, but it was just a was super pleasant. fun way to start like, it. It was a very pleasant watch. Like I enjoyed watching this old timey sitcom featuring these characters I love. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, it's kind of hard. To... And I thought she was hilarious and campy and corny. Yeah, and like yeah, they all play a pretty campy and corny and Catherine Hahn just keeps alluding to her yet unseen husband who a lot of people are are insinuating that that's probably going to end up being the villain and that Catherine Hahn yeah I can see that Catherine Hahn is like this witch underneath all of that and so like yeah it's it's hard to really delve into like the marvelness of it because we haven't really gotten a lot of it yet yeah like, it's really just reviewing, like, a couple episodes of a 1950s sitcom. Like, it was just corny and funny, but, like, not really action-packed. Yeah, but it, the, 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 yeah, the situations are perfectly, perfectly, like, fit within the 50s sitcom. Like, the first episode, there's a, a date where they don't know what why it's important marked off, and then Vision figures it's a dinner for his boss and his wife and Wanda thinks it's an anniversary so she gets ready for an anniversary with Vision and then just hijinks ensue and it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun like Paul Bettany is great and Elizabeth Olsen is Elizabeth Olsen's like another level fucking 50s wife like she's amazing I think they're both uh, yeah Paul Bettany's amazing when he yeah he's a very accomplished that yeah these guys, it's crazy that they get such good acting and such an original concept. I just, that's why I, that's why I like yeah. it a lot. It's because you don't just dive into superhero stuff because you get, there is such a thing as superhero fatigue. Sometimes I watch so much of this and I'm like, all right, and this is a nice break. It's like, there's other stuff it's happening too. A nice break too, while even still with- within that world. Exactly. And, like, it's kind of cool because, like, yeah, this is, like, the very first we're seeing of these Disney Plus series. And I'm, like, it makes me wonder, like, how kind of goofy can they get with these series? Like, they're 
they're obviously if this is their first right out the gate like this is what we have to show you first it's like they're not taking themselves crazy seriously and i love that yeah yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and it's it's a bold a bold decision to start a whole tv enterprise in this way yeah because i was always under the impression that it was going to be like falcon and the winter soldier was the first one we were going to see and then it switched up to this and this is just like like okay like i can i'll watch a bewitched version of the marvel universe yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more but i'm also excited for falcon the Winter Soldier I'm and all those other ones too. It, this just makes me more excited. Like it's like the antithesis of the fucking Snyder cut. Like I'm very interested in all of this Marvel content and kind of dreading that. But yeah. I don't know. Like I'm like the new episode drops tomorrow. I'm excited. Like Disney kind of doesn't do the Netflix route. They release it kind of weekly. So it's like more in turn with like a normal television show to where I have to wait every week to see what's new. And, uh, right. I'm, I'm all for it. Like I'm, there's so much shit to watch anyway that like, I'm fine with like not having just another thing on my plate to binge. I kind of like that. I kind of like when certain series do that model. Cause it just gives me something to look forward to every week. I you know what you. I mean? Yeah, for me, it's a binge. Like, I plan to watch this as it comes out. Like, I'm very excited to see when shit starts popping off. Like, why and how and who, you know? I couldn't agree with you more. Binge. Binge 100%. MCU starts it off with a bang. I like it. I love it. Maybe not everyone will love it. Maybe (laughs) I can see people watching this and being like, what the hell's going yeah, on? Like I've had some people on my Maybe Facebook people... feed that are like, "The fuck is this shit?" <laughs> yeah, I... Like, <laughs> I can see that. Maybe you know, like younger people that didn't grow up with Nick at Night or something like that. But for me, it, I, that did grow up with Nick at Night, and I actually too kind of unironically love a lot of those shows. I loved it, and I know that more is coming. So it's just it's very like, dense. yeah, like kind of to like disagree with what you said a little bit like you said they started off with a bang like i think they started off with like a a chuckle like they they didn't they didn't go okay. for like the immediate payoff of like here you've been waiting for marble here it is bang like they're just like here it is it's a huh. funny little housewife show <laughs> and i'm all for it i guess i mean it's a bang for me a bang it bangs cameron Cameron is banged because right. I'm here. Uh, I'm here for it. My kind of show. All right, and with that, we move on to the main event, and uh, we got two movies three this week. First up, we have Outside the Wire. Cameron, why don't you tell us about Outside the Wire? Okay, Outside the Wire stars Damson Idris as Harp. He's a drone pilot who uh there's a situation there's it's set in the future like i believe it's 2036 something like that and there's a civil war in russia and he's monitoring the situation in russia where it's the troops where there's some troops and there's a couple downed a couple downed troops 
and a van pulls up near them and he thinks the van has a rocket launcher and is going to take out the entire squadron. But if he blows up the van, then he's going to kill those two people. Certainly they tell him, do not blow up that van, but he does. And uh, so he goes against their orders and he kills those two people, but saves the squadron. And for that, he's, I guess, uh, reprimanded and his way of being reprimanded. He's, he's released into the care of, uh, like on the ground combat under Leo played by Anthony Mackie and Leo you find out is not a regular soldier. He's like a artificial intelligence, super soldier cyborg type thing. And they go on some crazy adventures where he thinks he's going to fight this, uh, Russian civil war general guy and but they're really looking for nukes and Leo goes a little crazy and Damson Idris is a little crazy and uh, yeah that's 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 kind of the gist of what's going on there how did you like the movie I Joel like yeah. I thought it was pretty generic and boring like, I thought they introduced some cool ideas and then just kind of went paint my numbers from there. Like, I thought Anthony Mackie was, I don't know, he was trying to add some charm, but, like, it was dumb to me because I'm like, he's an android. Like, why is he, like, why is the wise cracking robot? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> the, the scenes between him and... The what's the name of the soldier he was with? A harp. The scenes between those played two, by Dan. Yeah, the scenes between those two were kind of fun because it was just like I can't trust you, but I have to. But like I don't know. In all, like and like Michael Kelly's usually good, and he plays kind of like the general overseeing everything, and even he was just boring me. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, Michael. I really, really did not like this film, man. Like, at all. I thought you were going to swerve me there. No, I was... What I was hoping for was kind of like a dumb action movie with cool fights. Kind of like... Kind of like... I don't know if you saw the Netflix original Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. I never did. I'd recommend that one. That's how I would describe it. It's, It's a dumb action movie with cool yeah, fights instead this movie yeah this one is it's a like a dumb action movie that thinks it's super smart like it, it thinks it's super smart written by like a an eighth grader yeah. or something i i would agree with that 100%. and there, and then one of the bigger things is there's way too few cool fight scenes like there's a few but there's not nearly enough. It's, yeah. Like, I was hoping for a ton of, okay, Anthony Mackie's this android, he's a badass, and all the trailers were, like, showing him kicking ass, and pretty much what you saw in the trailers were almost all the scenes of him, so. Yeah, like, even, I don't know, like, you say, like, there were cool fight scenes, I'm like, were they? Like, they were, they were just, in the middle of this boring fucking movie. So it was like something to kind of go, Oh, okay. Like they weren't that great. Like it, the action scenes didn't do much for me at all. 
I don't like movies that like yeah. a drone is like the big thing where like it's someone behind a military desk being like we're gonna take out this village like I, that shit just bores me because I want to see more like yeah. hand to hand combat not just like there's this evil man behind a desk and he's gonna kill this city we need to evacuate it and so I don't know I I was pretty fucking disappointed I was like if this is like the first Netflix original since they announced they're gonna be coming out with like a bunch of them, and I'm like, if this is what I have to look forward to, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't It wasn't good. I hated how the whole movie, it was trying to, it was trying to, like, give this, this question of, like, oh, what's, what's more important, like, you know, one person or a few versus a bunch of people, yeah. and that's a thing, that's a thing that's been done a lot. And even like, like a lot and a lot better. Like I was saying, they like they introduce these questions and then have no intention of answering them. They're just like, This is an interesting concept. Here's our movie though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <"Fuck." laughs> Okay. Well that's the th- yeah, like I know you're not a Star Trek guy, but Star Trek two, the Wrath of Khan, that's what Spock's whole thing about. It. He's like the needs of the many versus the fewer the one. And it's so poignant in that film and what makes Star Trek kind of above and beyond this one. It's like the ending, the whole ending <laughs> it was this just completely pointless philosophical. I'll put philosophical in quotes argument between the two leads while like a literal countdown <laughs> clock to a, a, to yeah. launch a nuke is going on. Yeah. It's just bad. It's terrible. It wasn't good. And then it's like they're having this argument while while the countdown's going off for no reason. And then Harp, the main guy, he he leaves the argument by saying humans can learn to be better. That's the greater good. That's what he says yep. before he leaves. Yeah. And I'm like, That's what I almost <laughs> forgot that. Like I was checked the fuck out no, by I, the end of this movie. That's the one thing I wrote down. Humans can learn to be better. That's the greater good. Because it was so bad. And then, and then, like, at the very end, when Harp is walking back to base, the subtitles, because I watch movies with subtitles yeah. so I can kind of catch everything. The subtitles said, poignant music. <laughs> which, made, which, which made me laugh so hard. It was like the only poignant thing happening is that there's a merciful end coming to this movie because uh, this movie was awful, awful. Wasn't a fan. Why? I, I was like, I thought you were going to swerve me. Like you were like, I really, really. I'm like, don't even. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> but then you said no. you didn't like it. I'm like, okay. Like if you were going to draw, oh, like, I, I really <laughs> love this movie. I'd be like, motherfucker. <laughs> we're gonna have words. I was gonna. I'm just saying dislike. I don't know hate. Like I said, there's a there's a couple cool things that Anthony Mackie does. Even though the the main guy, Damson Idris as Harp, he's so it doesn't make sense between a human and a cyborg that the cyborg is a hundred times more charismatic. Yeah, I like I thought that was silly. I'm like, why didn't you cast Anthony Mackie as the other fucking guy? Yeah, make me care about the main guy. Yeah, they just made like this, like, oh, like, make sure you put the snarky implant in the, like, the, give them quips, give them the quips code. So she can come back with a vengeance. 
Yeah, no. Not into it. I give it a uh, a three. I give it a 3.5. 3.5. Like I said, I liked a couple of the Anthony Mackie when he was fighting people. Uh, it was it was good choreography. Well, like it wasn't. It was decent like, I choreography. 3.5 because it's, it's not unwatchable. It was just it bored me. I agree. So uh, finally, we have HBO Max's Locked Down, which stars Anne Hathaway and Chugatel Ejiofor as a couple that broke up and are forced to live together still under a COVID lockdown. And they are at odds and they're just not getting along. Like they just broke up and now they're forced to live together and they come up with the plan to rob a department store of a jewel of a three million pound worth diamond. And that's pretty much it. Like they like that's the plot. Like they are forced to live together and while they're living together, come up with this plot to go steal a diamond. Yeah. And I fucking hated this movie. Hated it. I fucking hated it, dude. Like okay. Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor are the most insufferable fucking couple I've had to deal Oof. with on screen in some time. Like Anne thought... Hathaway had this manic tweaker fucking energy that she would not calm the fuck down and stop talking and she would tell Ejiofor spoke in riddles and poems and listening to them argue with each other made me want to put a gun in my mouth I fucking <laughs> hated it wow. it's a heist movie and the heist doesn't begin it's a two hour movie the heist starts at like an hour 40 so it's an hour <laughs> 40 of these two just bickering and I'm like Fucking end it, dude. Go to the department store. Give me something else to watch. I get that. All right. That's that's my rant. <laughs> I I don't think I hated it as much as you. I'll, I'll say I didn't love it. I definitely didn't love it. It's, uh, I think, I don't know. I thought Chiwetel Ejiofor, I, I kind of enjoyed his character a little bit. I don't know. I There's a guy trying to rise above his station in life. I, I connected with that a little bit. I did not connect. With, I really did not like Anne Hathaway in this movie, which is weird. I usually do awful, like dude. Anne Hathaway. I, I, I felt like I couldn't take it. I felt like that manic energy you're talking about, like if the filmmakers and her and they all thought it was cute or something, that's what I felt like. They thought that was relatable and cute and it just wasn't. She never shut the fuck up. She never stopped moving her hands. And I'm like, you're on drugs and it's bugging me out. And her her whole thing in the movie, which was infuriating to me and probably 99% of the world, is that like she's a CEO of a company or CEO of part of a company or something. I don't know how that works, but and some the company's a little shady so she has these moral problems with it and it's like shut up you're probably a millionaire i don't care about your problems you millionaire 
I, yeah, that, that was like the least of my worries, honestly. Like, I didn't care about that at all. Well, I didn't care about her plight at all. I just wanted her to shut the fuck up. Like, okay. th- this movie's two hours long. Probably at least an hour of 20 of it is her voice. Yeah. Like, if you've watched like an hour and 20 cut of this movie, it'll just be her talking fast and furious and tweaky and weird and coked out. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Lockdown doesn't make you fucking berserk. That was another thing I thought was a little tone deaf on the on the COVID lockdown stuff. Like, this is like, this is what everyone's going through. Everyone's stuck in their houses together and stuff. And I was like, no, there's a lot of people that still have to do things in the world. I don't know. And even like it's like they're they're locked down in this like nice house with their nice things. I'm like they're a well-to-do couple. I'm like I I don't very well to do for you. No. Yeah, that was that was yeah. Like I said, that was my main thing with Anne Hathaway is like I don't feel bad for you at all. Yeah, not not much. And then like you said, the heist it doesn't start until way late. The idea of the heist isn't even introduced until I think after the second half of the film. And that's when that's the only thing that starts to get interesting to me because I didn't care about the characters or anything before that. And even they like, do the a lot of it was so like anticlimactic and lame. I'm just like, God damn it in this movie. Like I was not happy. Like Anne Hathaway, I, I wanted I wanted her to get caught and I wanted her to get like punched by somebody. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I was not rooting for this couple in any way. I'm like, catch them. They're stealing a diamond. Cat tackle her through a wall or something. Like, make me watch her hurt. I'd say I was rooting for... For an hour now. I'd say I was rooting for Chiwetel for I felt like they gave a little more to his character. Maybe acted it a little better or something. Uh, like he, I... was, he was so up his own ass. He would, like, speak in these, like, weird fucking quandaries and poems and like quotes and I'm like shut the fuck up dude like no wonder you you hate each other I hate you both (laughs) you liked reading poetry man sometimes sometimes you like to read poetry I don't know what I want I don't know what you want to say but But I'm with you like I like Anne Hathaway normally like I enjoy her in things I'm like I don't know what choices she made during the filming of this movie or if it was the director, I just, God, man, I disliked it. I feel, like I said, I feel like they said, oh, just act just act crazy and stuff, and people will relate. It's cute. And like, if you act a little crazy, because people are, people are locked down, and they're going crazy. It's so funny. And I'm like, no, this isn't, this isn't life. This isn't how people, it's just not how people act. <laughs> I wouldn't it's not how a normal person acts. Like yeah. Like, she was so frazzled and so always just like, ah, I need a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. Ah, yeah. And I'm like, stop, dude. Stop. Yeah. They had all these, they kept having these Zoom meetings with different people, which kind of allowed for a lot of celebrity cameos, like Ben Kingsley, Ben Stiller, a lot of Ben's, I guess. Um, There's like Mindy Kaling, Stephen Merchant. It was, it was kind of fun to see those people. But it was, yeah, it didn't save it. 
I just, like I I honestly hope this isn't like the first and just a massive string of movies where like Zoom is going to be a huge part of the fucking subculture of movie making now. Yeah, I agree like, with I that. I really hope so cuz I don't it's not fun to I don't like being in a Zoom meeting. I don't want to watch a Zoom fucking meeting. Yeah. This was it was it was I feel like it was definitely rushed to take advantage of the let's show the the COVID situation now and stuff. And it was kind of a half-baked idea. Like, because I thought it was just going to be the relationship. And then they introduced that, the heist thing, which didn't really fit in with it all. And kind of was different. It was a mixed bag. And I can't believe this movie was directed by Doug Lyman. who did like know, born, right? Ident- born identity and shit swingers. But this is, it's not a, it's not top shelf stuff in those leagues. Maybe he's like, I can't I can't shake the camera around a lot, so I need you to shake around a lot, Ann. <laughs> like I, I can't do my shaky cam thing. I need you to be shaky actress. We'll fool him. Oh God. I I give it like a two. Damn, dude. I really didn't like it at all. Wow. I'd say I liked it a little more than Outside the Wire. I give it like a five, I guess. All right. I don't know. I, I like I said, I like Chiyotola Ejiofor in the film. I kind of thought some of that end stuff was interesting. So I, I give it a five. I, I thought say, it was bad. Outside the Wire didn't give me anxiety. Lockdown gave me fucking anxiety. I wanted it to be over for my own fucking mental health. I was like, I'm tired of watching this woman. Maybe it's about expectations because I went into, like I said, outside the wire expecting like this dumb action movie. And I said, I got this piece of shit. <laughs> and this, I went in with zero expectations because I had no idea what it was. And I got this See, piece of shit. I'm the know? opposite. Like, I kind of expected outside the wire to be like a dumb action movie and it was dumb. And like, it was what I expected pretty much. Like, this, I was like, Tuatel Ejiofor and Anna Hathaway locked together as this couple. Like, that could be good. And it wasn't at all. Like, I had a little bit of expectation for it, and it just didn't come close. I get you. Yeah. How do you make two great light, uh, actors so unlikable, man? Likeable actors. It takes a great director, I guess. <laughs> it takes Doug Lyman. So, that does it for this week's edition of Screen Streets. Next week, we have another edition of For Your Consideration. We will watch Manos for our viewer's choice for Zach X. And we will also watch the HBO docuseries Tiger about the life and times of Tiger Woods. As well as the new Netflix original drop this week, The White Tiger. So, we'll be watching Tiger and The White Tiger. Oh, we got yeah. a theme. I like a theme. Yeah. Any parting words, Cameron? Yeah, I'd say I've never heard of the White Tiger, but God, I hope it's I hope it's better than what we've watched this week. This week was a drizzling shits. I don't know. I got a ten this week. Oh, for you, yeah. I mean, and Amistad was a good movie. Like I said, I mean for the main events, like the main events. Yeah. Yikes. So- Let's hope for a it can't it can only go up from here. I want to like movies, man. Believe it or not, I want to both. love movies. All right, everybody. Keep it real on the screen streets.